standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is Friday, January the 27th. Yes, it's almost the end of the first month of the year. Where did it go? Episode 342. We're going to do a Friday update. Probably going to be about 15 minutes worth of your time, so please follow along. And remember, you can subscribe, follow, like, share, and quite frankly, comment and or rate the show if you're so inclined. Every little bit that you do to help me lets me do a better job of communicating out to the general public what's going on and why liberty matters and what we can do about it right here in Collin County, McKinney, Texas. So here we go on with the show. I'm at a loss as to we have a progressive in the seat for the Collin College. Collin County is not progressive. Yet apparently the three, well, I guess three people that I thought would make a great fit to run for that office didn't want to take the time to do it. Makes no sense to me. And keep in mind, I'm not even looking for some uber constitutionalist, hardcore liberty lover like I am. I'm just looking for somebody with sanity, common sense, and preferably right of center. And we had two great candidates that I spoke to at least one, if not both of them in the last six months, encouraged them, tell them I thought it'd be a good idea. They weren't interested. Apparently, the same thing has now happened in Plano. Yes, the (laughs) progressive that ran, that should have never ever won for their city council, is now running unopposed. Plano, what's going on down there? I mean, I know the city of Plano is in disarray, but come on. It's not that hard to just run somebody, a good moderate. I mean, it's got to be better than this progressive nonsense we're dealing with. I mean... There's school board races. There's other city council races. You cannot find somebody that's willing to stick their neck out. Okay. Now, why might that be? Well, (laughs) funny. The update is there are people that are willing to do it. There are people that are willing to stick their neck out and put in the long, arduous time frame and hours involved with running for office. But there's a couple of different problems. Aside from the abuse that a conservative or a let's call right of center person gets when they serve on any of these uh, municipal uh, boards, city council uh, or the uh, school board, there is the abuse that you'll have heaped on you just by running. And then to make matters worse, apparently there are gatekeepers and apparently I'm even affiliated with some of these people that see themselves as gatekeepers that want to limit and mold who gets to run in the Republican party or who gets to run as the conservative or who gets to uh, run in any specific race because, well, their person's running. Okay. Well, I will tell you, I know firsthand there is not a machine. We don't have a machine on right of center, right? The Republicans don't have a machine. They may like to think they have a machine. They may want to try and build a machine. And I think in some cases, a machine would be awesome because it would allow us to put together a coherent fight against our enemies. But nope, nope. Instead, we're discouraging people. 
No, you ought to not run for this race. No, you don't want to do that. Or, or worse yet, we encourage people that have a little chance of winning because they most closely mirror our most, I'm going to use a term here. I don't mean it, but this is how it's portrayed. Our most radical selves, right? Now, look, I don't see myself as a radical. I know I have some ideas that other people would define as radical, and I'm very friendly and gregarious when in a group, and I like dealing with people, and I try really hard not to ever talk down or talk bad about other people. Uh, I'll go after principles. I'll go after policies all day long. But as an individual, I do my level best to just not be that guy. But when you're in a crowd, the person that grates on people or the person that's on the leading edge of something is probably not the first person you want to run as a candidate. Now, if you have more than one in that race, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But again, then the damage is done. You, you don't want to run two good candidates in the same race that have similar ideas when you're going against a progressive. You want that progressive gone. You set everything aside. Well, the good news is, the good news is, this is where I'm going with this. And, and I know I've prattled on for a few minutes more than I intended here. The good news is there will be more candidates coming. I don't know who they are. Don't know when, but I'm confident that they'll come. Even if it's not in this election series, we're going to be prepared. We're going to do a better job. We're going to give people choices on who they want to represent them. And hopefully, to paraphrase a uh, movie Freaky Friday, make good choices, right? That's all we can do. We can give them the opportunity. And speaking of good choices, for those of you following along, Prosper has been at the crossroads for some time now. Apparently, they had... Um, allegedly a sexual abuser that was driving kids around that apparently they knew about and really didn't do anything about it, but kept it hush hush because, you know, we wouldn't want to stir the pot and then come to find out that a member of the school board was arrested for apparently doing indecent things with a minor. That's kind of a problem. And you wonder why Prosper maybe dusted these things under the board or under the rug, right? The school board uh, didn't take action. Now, i got to tell you, in McKinney ISD, we have one guy that's right of center. We have one guy that is willing to take a stand. But then there's only one of you who really can't get anything done. And you have to be very careful and you have to pick your battles. And, I mean, that's that's really tough to get involved in everything that comes down the pike when you're that one guy. Well, apparently in Prosper, they have that one guy. And now, rather than dealing with the problem that they have, which is abuse and cover-up, dealing with the superintendent that should have been replaced, uh, dealing with conceptually now a board that's corrupt. No, no, we're going to take our time going after the one board member that apparently has his head on straight, that's brand new, that wasn't around for all this crazy, but no, we're going to go and beat him up. Come on, my friends, if you're right a center, you don't do that publicly. You don't bash your own person. That's just silly. That's counterproductive. That's working against yourself. You want to discourage people on your team? Just keep doing that. 
Now, I don't expect that everybody that runs for office or everybody that wants to run for office or everybody that's even elected is going to agree with me on 90 plus percent of my values or my principles or my desires. We've often said 75, 80% we're good. No, that's true. So that's not a very high bar. I mean, that's a C grade, but it's still passing. And if that's the best you can get in a given district, you got to take it. And you don't cut the guy's legs out from under him. You don't beat him up when he's down. You should be looking to hold out your hand and tell him, hey, what do we need to do to help you here? How can we get through this? Ah, Man, I just never ceases to amaze me. And then going back to the first thing, why do people not want to run? Hmm, I wonder. So the other thing, (laughs) if you ever wonder why these things happen, right? Why, why you've got adults that are abusing children and it just so happens to be in schools or it just so happens to be in the, um, Oh, I don't know. I want to be careful how I say this churches or church organizations or, or better yet, the people that are charged by government to look after the orphans and those people that if you ever wondered why that happens, Well, it's real simple. Predators go where the prey is at. Predators will disguise themselves, will dress up like sheep, they'll dress up like a dog, they'll obfuscate, they'll misdirect, they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll do everything and anything they can in their power to be put in front of their prey. Apparently now even Pope Benedict has written a book about this now that he's dead, it's been released, talking about how The Catholic Church has been corrupted by pedophilia, homosexuality. And you say to yourself, they're not the same thing. No, but when an adult male abuses a boy, how else would you define that than homosexual pedophilia? Now, I'm not going to lose sleep over that per se because it's always been there. It's always been a problem. It needs to be dealt with. So instead of covering things up, instead of pretending everything's well and good, let's do a proper investigation. And when the person's found guilty, let's, I don't know, punish him to the fullest extent at the law because apparently we can't execute him. But again, this should surprise nobody. There's a reason why you find abuse in schools. There's a reason why you find abuses in some of the churches and church organizations. There's a reason why you find it with people that are supposed to be helping children. It's because they go where the victims are at. The prey always search out its prey. I'm sorry. The The predator always searches out its prey. Wow. And... What's interesting to me is a lot of this falls under the idea of projection. Some of the people that protest most loudly, that put up the biggest stink, are just trying to hide something. So when you look at some of these church abuse scandals, when you look at the Boy Scouts, right? That was bad. It was really bad. The churches, or the particularly the Catholic Church, but I'm not letting the Protestant churches escape this. The Catholic churches had a better hierarchy to hide things a little better. And even the Boy Scouts, they went to great lengths to make sure that nobody knew this was a thing. 
that it was all hush-hush and whisper and they didn't allow it. But the problem festered, the problem grew, the problem, the rot expanded. And now we look at the outcome and you have to wonder, did they do anybody any favors? I mean, you really need not look at any further than a local school district here to see no. No, they have not. And now, of course, they're peddling out this idea that they're maps, right? They're minor attracted persons, that they, they have a disorder, which 10 years from now they'll say is not a disorder. But back in the day, when you got caught abusing a child, it was dealt with swiftly and harshly. And I'm not necessarily 100% on board with that because in the swiftness, sometimes you miss things or sometimes you wrongly convict somebody. But once there's a conviction... And we know 100%. I can't think of anything that would be too harsh. When you're abusing a child, you're taking that power, that authority, that physical size and strength, and you're humiliating and destroying somebody that should be seen as maybe not innocent, but somebody that might have had a bright future before you got done with them. I mean, if you doubt me, you know, it's always been this kind of joke about the <laughs> the kids that came through Disney or Nickelodeon, how messed up they get. Do you see any parallels there? Do you ever wonder what's going on behind the scenes there? And I, I know when you say that, you get chucked up as a conspiracy theorist and you, uh, you're dismissed or you're making blatant accusations with no evidence to back it up. Yeah, you got to be real careful when you do that. You'll note I didn't even use the guy's name. You'll note that I'm not even necessarily singling out, singling out what position was involved. It's sad. It's sad. And while we're on this, while we're doing our little update here, we've talked about the idea that there are open seats. We're talked about the idea that you can't find candidates or when you do find candidates, they want to run in the same race. And then you, you don't even necessarily choose the best candidate to win, which, and everybody has a different opinion how that plays out. And now we've talked about, well, how does the rot stay where it's at? And how do we not know about it? Why do they cover it up? What's going on here? Well, I mean, if you listen to some people, they'll give you some really extraordinary claims on how this is and why this is. I'm not going to go there. I don't know if I entirely agree with it, although they make a compelling case. But at the end of the day, you should know this is nothing new. Solomon says there's nothing under the sun. And I'm here to tell you I have firsthand, firsthand experience with this. I worked with a guy back in Wisconsin. He was hired as a youth pastor. I personally found the guy nice. A little, a little different, but nice. Didn't, no red flags, nothing obvious. And, you know, I, at the time I was serving in middle school, I had young uh, daughter and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy time. I, I like working with younger kids. Now here's a red flag. When you see an adult guy with no kids spending a lot of time around children, uh, Unless there's extenuating extenuating circumstances, i.e. he's raised his children and he's still giving back or whatever else, or his child went through the program, now they've graduated and he's looking to hand it off. Those are kind of, let's call them caution flags. Maybe not a red flag, but a caution flag. 
So I've always been cognizant of that, right? Because I've been in youth ministry for most of my adult life. Actually, even before I was an adult, I worked with younger kids. And the fact that I miss this to this day, when I think about it, and I try to avoid it, but when I think about it, I question myself. One, how did I miss this? Two, how could I have prevented it? And three, ew. So, long story short, I worked with a guy prior to moving down to Texas. When I moved to Texas, I'd been down here a year or so, and I started hearing things out of people that I knew back home in Wisconsin. And they were talking about, you know, this this is what's going on. The, the guy's been accused, and now there's a number of young boys coming forward. Um talking about what happened. I got to tell you, I went to level 10 rage right there and then in the moment. Now, it quickly subsided because I realized I'm a thousand miles away. There's nothing I can do about it. And hopefully there's, you know, people in place that are going to deal with this. And it wasn't too much longer that then I heard the guy took his own life. Now that... That gave me closure as an adult that worked with this guy. Well, he's never going to do that again. He's paid the ultimate price. And depending on how you factor in with your Calvinist theories or theology, if you prefer, he's paying the ultimate price. But when when I look back, I think about there's a half a dozen maybe more young boys that had their lives altered, radically altered. Now, at least at this point, 25 years ago or whatever, people still were very put off of that and very protective of it. And and they did counseling and did these different things and they offered a lot of options. And the church came clean immediately and did everything that they could do to you know, deal with it in an appropriate manner. But you can't undo what was done. Now, yeah, the guy paid the penalty. Uh, some of us got closure because we knew he would never be able to do that again. But those those kids, their lives are ruined. And in today's day and age, we not only tolerate some of this, but we celebrate it. If you're a parent or a guardian and you're taking your child in for destructive surgery, or reconstructive surgery, if you want to, you know, trying to change the appearance of their gender because a young kid thinks they might be what they're not. Aside from any mental illness issues, that's abuse. How in the world did we go from 25 years ago? We clearly understood this is a terrible thing. And I got to be honest, if I was a father of one of those boys, I can't say that that guy would have had a chance to commit suicide if I would have found out before he did that. I can't promise you that there wouldn't have been me sitting in jail and that guy in his grave. I couldn't promise that, that that didn't, wouldn't happen. And, and I had two daughters. And if something like that were to happen to my daughters, even though they're grown and they're independent adults now, I, I can't promise you that if somebody did something to them, that I wouldn't 
break the law myself to fix the problem. And that's a thing. You've got to, we've got to rein yourself in. You've got to show that restraint. You've got to be an adult at all times. But man, we didn't really tolerate this stuff in the past. Yet now we pretend it's okay. We pretend it's normal. Some people in our society actually celebrate this abuse under the guise that you're affirming them. Well, whether it's abuse by unnecessary surgery or abuse by touching or doing different things to the child, you're destroying that child before they even grow up to adulthood to determine what they want to be and who they are. And I'm here to tell you that I see them as a child of God and they should be protected from this kind of nonsense. Now, if somebody becomes an adult for whatever their motivation is and they want to disfigure their body, I'm not going to stop them. I would counsel them if they asked me. I would be concerned about them. But it's not my job, and I'm not going to get involved with stopping somebody from doing something that I think is stupid because they're only hurting themselves and perhaps doing, actually in many cases, doing irreparable damage, but that's their choice. They're adults. To do this to a child, to do this to somebody that isn't even fully developed and claim that we're doing them a favor is insanity at the highest level. So i got to ask myself, How do we dial this back? What do we do? Well, that's a good point. When you're going and you're finding candidates or you're finding individuals that are speaking out and you find somebody that downplays abuse, that encourages abuse indirectly, somebody that thinks it's a good idea to put children through unnecessarily or unnecessary Uh, surgeries, that's abuse. And we need to call it what it is and be willing to stand on that. And honestly, at the first line of defense are these elected officials that are in a position to at least say, no, you're not going to do that here. So I think it's sad that we even have to consider the Sabar. I, I, I don't understand how we got to this place, but here we are. And now already our culture is defending these people. We didn't hold the line after Obergefell. We didn't hold the line after any number of other things. In fact, the conservatives routinely will defend it 20 years later, which they're already doing. So I ask you, at what point are we going to remember that children are a gift from God and they ought to be treated and cherished in that way? Which is not to say that there isn't discipline, and that's not to say that even appropriate discipline can't maybe go a little too far, but that's a huge step before you get to abuse. It's a huge step before you wreck somebody's life permanently, yet we do nothing. So I hate to be a downer. I I, I hate to send you off on a Friday like this, but really that's just what's on my heart. And that, you know, I started to do the update and I talked about things and that's just where I went and I don't understand how We're okay with this. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form, just so we're absolutely clear here, that we go round up a posse, go find this guy, and hang him up in a tree. I'm not suggesting that we go um, get the sheriff's posse together and hunt him down like dogs and shoot him. No, none of that. There is a legal process. It should take place. And when when this person or persons are found guilty, 
they need the harshest possible penalty they can receive. And at this point in my life, I'm kind of okay with jail justice. I, I, I mean, it's pretty sad when hardened criminals know that you don't do that stuff. <laughs> and the general public can't seem to get it through their skull. Well, again, it's Friday. Um, let me just put you at ease. This whole situation is a very small percentage of the population. The apologists are not a very much larger percentage of our population. All is not lost. We can deal with this. We can fix this. We just have to have the willingness to do it. And for God's sakes, if you go to a church where your pastor won't even call this out, go talk to your pastor, which reminds me, I have a phone call to make. And with that, this is According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.